welcome to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone, except poor Yoshi Hashi, but never say never. I'm LSJ, or Luke, or whatever the hell you want to call me. It is a nice, cold 45 degrees Fahrenheit. I did do the conversion for everyone listening in America. For everyone else, it's fucking cold. And uh, with with me, as always, I can say as always after like the third episode, I think, but with me as always is my co-host, Andy. How are you, dude? What's up, man? I'm good. Um, I think what I'm going to do, because it's really hot, uh, you know, I know you're chilly and it's, my God, it's 45. You must be suffering, you know, and had to put a jacket on and I feel terrible for you. But I I think what I'm going to do is buy a little bell and every time it goes up a degree in my, in my uh, recording studio here, it will, uh, I'll ring the bell, you know, and I think I'll (laughs) be ringing in a lot because it's fucking hot in here. So, so you're, you're like the, uh. That Cisco song, it's getting hot in here. So take off all your clothes, Ed, whereas I'm like, it's cold. You take them off and uh, I'll put them on. (laughs) (laughs) We're off to a great start here, aren't we? Talking about the weather. It's really weird. So it's morning for me, evening for you, hot for you, cold for me. So, wow, it's a small... Well, and your toilets go a different way, too. So, I mean, it's just, I mean, up is down, you know, cats and dogs living together. It's all that stuff, right? And we really do use dollary doos down here as well. So, <laughs> there is that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess we'll start with our uh, our plugs where people can find us and all that jazz. Uh, so, uh, anyone listening in want to join us for a New Japan show, whether you have to wake up early or stay up at a decent hour like me. You can get us over on Twitter at NeverOpenPod. And uh, you can always catch me if uh, I'm not tweeting under NeverOpenPod and I'm just tweeting as me. That's uh, Grumpy2, uh, number 2, E-B, over on the Tweeties. And uh, I think we got an email that no one ever uses except for junk, which is <laughs> NeverOpenPod at gmail.com. You can email us or you can just tweet us or whatever. But... Uh, <laughs> You know, at some point, I'm just going to be like, "Mm, fuck this email address. No, I'm using it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can find me at Drusifer Tweets. And uh, we had a lot of fun tweeting this week uh, during the New Japan shows. It was, I don't know, man. There's something about that. And that little, you know, Twitter community is growing a little bit every week. And I don't know. I just really love that part of it. It's something you and I've been doing together for a long time, way before this show. So yep. I don't know. I really dig it. It's so much fun. Yeah, agreed. Uh, it's it's funny too, because when, uh, when I started getting into New Japan, when it was important shows, you know, lots of people would be online. And uh, when it was just like maybe a road two or something like that. I'd be like, Oh shit. Am I the only Aussie up tweeting about this? No one else is awake either. Holy shit. Am I the only one watching this new Japan show? But you know, they're just watching it later. It happens. And you can count on me to be a nerd that uh, adjusts his entire life uh, and sleep schedule and work schedule and stuff like that just to watch new Japan. Cause that's, that's how I roll. That's right. And we don't need to make this a, a segment at the start, but there's a, a couple of news bits that uh, came out during the week. One of them is Carl Fredericks is apparently no longer a young lion. So that's that's good for him. 
Uh, I don't know where he's going to go off to excursion to, if he does, or he might. Everyone has to do it the Hanari way, I guess, at the moment, you know, uh, graduate from the Young Lions and then just stick around because there's really nowhere to go at the moment. So congrats to him. Uh, he can't really get to Japan anyway, which sucks for him uh, and all that kind of stuff. But talking about two other people who can't get to Japan right now, but it's very possible that they will in the future. Gallows and Anderson, they've signed this uh, deal with Impact Wrestling, but they've signed a deal which also allows them to go to Japan. So I think they wanted a f- they must have wanted some flexibility there in terms of, yes, they want to do dates at home, but I think they don't want to do, say, Jericho or Moxley tours of Japan. I think they actually want to do full tours as a tag team and stuff like they used to. Don't know how that'll work. And I don't think it really matters right now because of COVID and all that shit. So, you know, great. They can come back to Japan. Yeah, we'll see you in about fucking like two years. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever the fuck COVID I I think they could make the, you know, uh, to me, the weakest, and I, you know, some people may disagree with me, but to me, the weakest division in New Japan is the heavyweight uh, tag championship division. I, I just don't. You know, every year they have that tag league, and that's usually when I don't watch, although I will be this year if they have it. But I think that, you know, Gallows and Anderson, uh, you know, obviously original members of the Bullet Club, or at least Carl Anderson was, and Gallows came later. I think that they can bring fun to that, uh, the tag team division, uh, as far as that goes. And uh, Luke, did you have any experience watching them much in New Japan, or were they gone already when you started watching them? Yeah, they were long gone. So. When I started watching the Bullet Club was Kenny in charge and then the Young Bucks coming out for all his matches and shit like that. So I got to see all the elite stuff, which was fine. I liked everyone in the elite, but I wasn't really firmly behind the Bullet Club guys. I guess if I was, I I liked the more arsehole attitude of Gorillas of Destiny and Farley and stuff. So that worked out well for me because uh, I really like modern day bullet club because it's full of douchebags and they're entertaining as fuck. Yeah. These guys, you know, they, they had some good matches. I mean, you know, Luke Gallows isn't like the greatest wrestler in the world, but you know, he did fine and, and played his role and Carl Anderson's a tremendous wrestler. So they, they did some great things in new Japan. In fact, um, you know, Carl Anderson was actually in a tag team with my least favorite person, Goto, uh, at one point. So he's been around New Japan for a long time, and uh, he was one of the first guys to come out of the, the original L.A. Dojo that they've kind of rebuilt. And now to tie it back up, that's where Carl Fredericks is, the guy you mentioned before. So, you know, they have a long history in New Japan, and they will be instantly super over whenever they show up. Yeah, Absolutely. All right. It, it, it's also interesting, like, uh, will they will they rejoin the Bullet Club? Will they just be a separate tag team? You don't know. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's going to be the fun of their inevitable return. Whenever that happens, uh, I think Japan's slowly getting its shit together. But uh, uh, you guys up there are a little, well, not contained. I'll, I'll wait no go into that but yeah so you know as, as soon as things get clamped down a bit uh i think 
some of these wrestlers will travel over to Japan. And I hope that's soon because I do miss me some Kenta and some Switchblade and some G.O.D. Yeah, for real. Like we've said before, you know, if you're just starting to watch New Japan right now, this isn't even like this is like a third of their roster, maybe half the roster that you're seeing right now. There's a lot of guys that are just not there that will be there eventually, hopefully. But it's kind of fun because we get this boiled down kind of concentrated version of new Japan right now. And I, I'm a big fan, as you can tell. It's hard to complain that so many wrestlers are gone when the product that you're getting is so good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's that it's, it's definitely a complaint that can be made, but uh, in my opinion, it's it's fucking it's nitpicking, and these people could shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, dude, are you ready for night six of the New Japan Cup? Well, first, I wanted to share Ooh. something with you, Luke. I, I did a little work this week because last week you tickled me so much by calling uh, Kojima Mister Bread. <laughs> which is what we will call him now. That is now his name, Mr. Bread. Uh, that's fucking hilarious. And I, we had talked a little bit about how he used to tweet about bread. And, you know, I looked at his Twitter and stuff, and I got to tell you, it's it's disappointing. He is not so much Mr. Bread anymore. It, I had to go way back to find any tweets about bread. I don't is know what's wrong with him. free or... I, I hope he's okay. You know, <laughs> I mean, that's all I'm worried about. Like, most of... You know, his tweets are a picture of food of some kind and or his dog or him and Mr. Nagata, he calls him or Tenzon or something. But um, but I have I I dug up a couple uh, Kojima tweets to read to you and I I hope you enjoy them. Are you ready for this? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. Uh, good morning. From the morning, I started sweating and took a cold shower and ate this. I really like ice cream. I like almonds and nuts. That's Did he eat that in the shower? I, t- I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, here's an- <laughs> we we got to say, like, if you follow anyone from New Japan who's Japanese on Twitter, they'll tweet in Japanese, and you hit the translate function under it, and you, can, you get the gist of what they're saying, but the translation is a little, well, off. <laughs> it's hilarious, though, and... Yeah, the, the languages don't – it's not like, you know, Spanish and English where, like, you know, maybe one of the words is out of order, but for the most part it's kind of the same. Uh, with Japanese, it's a whole different thing, and it's much more complicated. So, uh, well, here's another one, and it says, good day. Everyone is fine. Wow, I'm eating something sweet again. And there's, like, a little jizz emoji. <laughs> I don't know what that means, so. Okay. <laughs> now, and then I went back a little bit and I found one about bread. So this is kind of the, this is the, uh, you know, uh, this is the big one here. It says, hello, bread club. I ate bread three times today. <laughs> eat too much? No. My name is bread club. So no problem. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Follow Kojima on Twitter. It's a good time. <laughs> He's adorable. He's, the, he's, he's adorable, but also really tough looking. So you might not want to call him adorable. He might beat you up, but he Just is. Call him, call him Mr. Bread. Mr. Bread. That's my name. That name again is Mr. Bread. 
I had Mr. Bread and Mr. Plough interchangeable. I don't know why. <laughs> I love it. All right. <laughs> it's a pity that it was hard for you to find some of those because uh, I'd be happy to hear some every week. But uh, if it's too much work, well, then, you know. Oh, no. I can dig out Kojima tweets every week if you want me to, you know. Um, I mean, otherwise, like, you'd be lit showing me all of Minaro Suzuki's posts, which is pretty much, here's my socks. Dude loves his socks. He likes wearing hats, too. He always has a silly hat on, and he loves it, and he looks so happy. Don't, don't. He, he does he doesn't right. give a shit about the kayfabe of the character of Suzuki. He's always doing goofy shit and just being like, I'm a happy grandpa. <laughs> it's well, it's crazy. funny. When, when um, we started getting into New Japan, uh, they came down. They've come down twice now. But for the first time they came down, they had meet and greets after the show. So it's funny. My, my sister was wearing a LIJ shirt, but... Uh, Evil and Sonata, who had the tag titles at the time, and they were wearing them and taking photos of people. She pretty much brushed a pu- brushed past them to go talk to Switchblade because she's like, "Oh my god, he's he's so hot." And I'm like, "Okay, fair enough." So she she got a photo with the US title. That's what he had at the time, and uh, I do remember. Yep, I made a beeline for Ishii, and then uh, right next to him, chilling out in nothing but uh, a pair of sweatpants and and uh, thongs. Uh, I guess you guys call them uh, flip flops. Nothing else, shirtless, maybe wearing a baseball hat, I can't remember, was Minaro Suzuki. And you see him on the TV, and you think, Jesus Christ, what an intimidating motherfucker, right? And you go up to him, and you're like, oh, hey, how's it going? My wife and I are huge fans. He's like, you know, he just nods his head and smiles because, uh, you know, the, the language thing, hand over the, the 20 bucks, and and my wife got a photo with uh, Mr. Minaro Suzuki. So that was a... Big thrill, but it was also kind of weird because he was such a cool dude. And um, I'm all right, they're probably all cool dudes, but you see that this character on TV, it's definitely larger than life. And you see him smack the piss out of young lions for fun, you know, stories of him like stretching them out and shit like that. And you're like, oh. I wonder what he's like in person. No, he's an actual, absolute teddy bear. So there you go. <laughs> teddy bear likes to wear socks. It's amazing. So you've met Ishii, you've met Suzuki, you've met Jay White. Who who else have you met? I didn't really meet Jay White, um, but he was standing around. Like we didn't know there was going to be some kind of after show meet and greet. Like Kushida was standing around, and uh, Nagata was. Uh, Evil and Sonata, um, all the Bullet Club guys, because uh, of course uh, Switchblade wasn't in Bullet Club at the time. All the Bullet Club guys had uh, uh, pissed off to go get drunk somewhere, but uh, a lot of other guys were around. Uh, I think Juice was there. I'm not too sure. I can't remember. No, Juice is a party animal too. He was off party. <laughs> so <clears throat> it was mostly some of the Japanese wrestlers and and of course Switchblade, but. You know, uh, I went. I made a beeline for my favorite dude, Ishii, of course, and uh, Kota Ibushi wasn't down for this tour, so Charity, my wife, went to her second go-to, which is Minaro Suzuki. So, you know, we, we saw him, and there was heaps of people milling about, but I was quite happy just meeting Suzuki and Ishii. I wasn't greedy and stuff, and I was happy to 
to leave after that. So, yeah, uh, the second time they came down, and this is a show that was aired on New Japan, I think, a few days later. Uh, they didn't do that. They did an actual proper meet and greet beforehand. We had to pay, like, extra money and shit. And I was just like, yeah, I've, already, <laughs> I've got my Ishii photo. Like, uh. Now I wish I did it because, like, I could have met Tanahashi. And Tanahashi is a guy that was just meh to me as I started watching New Japan. And over time and just seeing the, the, the guy work, he's now up there for me. He's one of my faves to watch. So, you know, oh, well, uh, that's a that's a bigger side, <laughs> but there it is. Uh, Suzuki's a teddy bear. Don't don't tell him I said that. <laughs> well, maybe one time in the future, I'll tell you some of the stuff. Uh, you know, I've met a lot of these guys in one form or another or seen them live. Uh, but most of the Japanese guys I have not seen live and uh, just uh, just one, uh, one of the major guys. But we'll get in. That's a story for another day, man. I'm ready to get into, uh, you know, the uh, the New Japan Cup. Shall we do it? The New Japan Cup? Mm-hmm. All right. We've got night six and um, I guess some one match had to go first and uh, – that match is Yoshihashi versus Bushi. I will say <clears throat> it's a lot better than Yo versus Bushi. It's actually not a bad match. I do believe uh, one of the people we follow on the Tweety, Drew Housen, <laughs> made this uh, comment. You must have said something about Goto. And he's, he typed in yeah, something about Goto, Goto Hell. Yeah. Which tickled me, and, I, and uh, to which I tweeted, like, why isn't one of his transitional finish moves called the Goto Hell? That's that's a pretty good name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I Drew Housen can go to hell. You know, that's that's uh, you you like Goto? Get out of my tweets. Get out of my timeline. So, uh, by the way, it is a lot of fun to talk shit about certain uh, New Japan wrestlers and see people like rise up to defend them. And I'm just kind of kidding, to be honest. You know, I don't really like Goto as a wrestler, but he's awesome. And, you know, it's just kind of a joke. But it's funny. Sometimes people get all pissed off. <laughs> just I, like, look, relax. I, I'll tell you something right here. I think Naito is a fantastic character. He's great in the ring. But he pisses me off a lot. And... It's totally in character because, you know, I'm just like, hurry the fuck up and start wrestling. <laughs> like, what do you got? Fucking five suits on today? Ten it's t-shirts awesome. as well? That's why, I like, uh, there was a match I think he had with Yano where they were all both, where Yano's wearing like a couple t-shirts or something. He just yeah. take off. Or... But yes, uh, I think we've gone off topic here because uh, Yoshihashi wrestled Bushi and... <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of this. Um, you know, it was better than the Yo match for sure. And, you know, there was a couple nice things. You know, Bushi has the swinging neck breaker that he does. That's fantastic. I love that. Um, and it's usually followed by the Bushiruni where he does the spinaruni. And, you know, he also does this thing, and we'll talk about it, I think, a little more later. But Bushi always wears a T-shirt to the ring. Luke, what does he do every single time with the T-shirt? Well, Bushi and Tai Chi are similar. They don't do the same thing with their clothing when they rip them off, but you kind of know that, all right, Bushi hasn't taken his shirt off yet, so the match ain't going to start. But the, sh the shirt comes off really early in this match. 
And what Bushi likes to do is remove his T-shirt and then choke it, choke his opponent with it every time. <laughs> so you know someone, you know he's getting choked with that T-shirt eventually. I think they get that spot out of the way with nice and early this time. So you don't, which is which I appreciate because the sooner Bushi gets his T-shirt off, the sooner the suspense can really build for me because the match can now end at any moment. <laughs> yeah, you know, an interesting about thing about Bushi, and I'm I'm almost 100% positive this is true. Like when you see his entrance titantron or whatever the video it's all these different masks and i'm pretty sure he's never worn the same mask twice as far as like his mask has a mask so the mask for his mask the the outer mask he's he's worn a different one i think every single time he's come out that's a lot of effort yeah it's pretty cool man and they're in a lot of times the outer mask is like extremely elaborate you know i mean it's it's very cool his gear is awesome I do like his masks. Like sometimes I see some of these wrestlers change their masks. Uh, I'm looking at you, Ray Ray, and you, and I'm just like, wait, what is what? What's he got? What's that on his head? Okay, uh, that's a bit weird. Mind you, I do like it when Ray Ray has some kind of superhero gimmick going on, like uh, in WCW with the the Phantom and shit. That was pretty cool. But otherwise, yeah, Bushi, yeah, I could see that. I really like it. Some of them look like Venom. I guess from uh, Marvel comics and shit too. So I don't know lots of asides here. I just want to move past this match. <laughs> we don't want to talk about Yoshi. You, you've I, got, I oh, we do. We do just not later, this match later. Oh, hell yeah. Because you know, we've got karma. So at least he doesn't pull out the, well, he did pull out the bloody butterfly. Like, I guess he needed a rest, but karma for the win. And Yoshi Hashi advances. Not, not a huge surprise there, uh, but I don't think many people would have been disappointed if Bushi won. I know I wouldn't have been. And well, this, this whole thing, so this tournament has junior heavyweights and heavyweights, and we haven't talked a lot about that, but basically New Japan has two divisions of weight class. And so it's really cool because it allows them to tell interesting stories, but nine, maybe 99 times out of 100, a heavyweight beats a junior weight every time. So we knew, you know when this starts, that they're not going to job out every single one of them. Or, you know, at least some of these guys might be able to go late, go deep in the tournament, but it's not going to be fucking bushy. So, you know, it's kind of obvious the writing's on the wall that uh, he's not the guy that's going to get the push, you know. Well, if any junior is going to go the furthest in in a tournament like this, you'd expect it to be the champion, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, you sure would. Are you foreshadowing, Luke? Maybe. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) So we got our second match here, which uh, I quite like. It was uh, a little short, like 14 minutes or so. Sonata matches generally tend to be the longer ones in tournaments. I, I always, it, maybe it's just me, but I see stats and stuff on Twitter, and, and it always seems like Sonata's working longer matches than most. But this is on the shorter side, about 14 minutes. It's Show versus Sonata. It's really cool. I really like it. Uh I like this spot that Sonata does in a lot of matches where he throws someone towards the ropes and then when they bounce off and come towards him, he jumps over them. And then when they bounce off the ropes on the other side, Sonata's got his back to them and he jumps again and and the guy runs through his legs. Except this time, 
Show doesn't do that. Show bounces off the ropes once, catches Sonata in midair, German suplex. Dude. Oh, a Dude. man after my own heart. It was fucking <laughs> awesome. I, I'm beginning to understand more and more why you like show so much because you love fucking suplexes. I mean, that's kind of what's going on here. Right. And that's, that's, that's like his gimmick is that he's strong. You know, that's, he's like strong party guy, I guess. I don't know. I think that over time more and more, the Rapongi 3k glitter is kind of wearing off of him and he's becoming more of someone that's taken a little more seriously. And part of that is these insane suplexes that he does. And it's his opponents make, you know, along with him work very hard to make it look like he is doing this incredible feat of strength, you know, in wrestling feats of strength must be a part of wrestling. If they're not, I get pissed. So, you know, to me, feats of strength are just some incredible things. And, uh, he is all about that stuff. You can see it. Like I remember maybe a year ago, commentators and everyone saying this show is a guy to watch and I'm watching him going, yeah, he's all right. But now, now I'm on on board. I'm definitely on board the show train. He, it's weird too because he's got the Super Junior Tag Titles with Yo, and now Show is going to be in a program with Shingo, which is no real surprise because he pinned Shingo. But uh, it seems definitely that he's already outgrown Rapongi 3K. In a, in a way, so yeah, I think. Uh, if anything's holding him back, I guess it's the tag team that he's in. You're right. That belt seems kind of like, I don't know, like a weight around him. You know what I mean? A little bit. I, and I think that they'll be losing those, you know, pretty quick because, you know, as soon as he can get done with the Shingo thing, you know, I think that the, they'll maybe lose those belts so that he can move on and do more single stuff. But maybe not. I don't know. It, it's you never know. And as we've said before, stories like this. Um, especially with guys they really believe in, take years. So it may be another year of Rapongi 3K before we get the single yeah. show, you know. But they are they are making him right now, you know. Uh, in a year from now, we'll look back and go, man, he's come so far. Can you believe, you know, he was just uh, in this match with Shingo a year ago, and now look at him, you know. Yeah. It's exciting. So we got uh, it's a really good match, really cool back and forth. But uh, strength does come in uh, as a factor here because as strong as show is, Sonata has more reach. Uh, I guess, you know, he's and he's stronger and stuff like that. Cold skull. Show can't get out of it. Oh, sorry. Cold skull. Skull end. <laughs> and uh, it, it's over. So Sonata advances and show is out, which is not a huge surprise. Uh, I know it's a junior versus a heavy Show didn't need to win here because Show's got a story already uh, in the bag with Shingo Takagi, which I'm super, super excited for. Luke, shut up about Show already. Yes, all right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so match three is a uh, six-man tag. We've got Yoda Suji, Toriyanu, and Tomohiro Ishii versus... LIJ, which is Hiromi Takahashi, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito. So this is pretty much a preview here between Hiromu and Ishii, mostly uh, because they've got an upcoming tournament match. And it's a good match, as you'd expect. 
But what you have to do is look at the lineup here and go, all right, which member of LIJ is pinning poor Yoda Suji? <laughs> no one, apparently, because Hiromu, like an asshole, puts Yoda Suji in the young lion Boston Crab <laughs> <laughs> and makes poor Yoda Suji tap out. So, uh, not really, unless, you, if, unless you've got anything to add there, I'm... Happy to move on past the disinfectant stage. Well, one little quick thing about this is when Naito came out, he did the salute like right in the young lion's face, but he turns his back to him. That's one of Naito's things. It's, it's subtle. You don't even notice if you're not paying attention, but he often doesn't care. He acts like his opponent doesn't matter. So he'll turn his back to his opponent and just stand there, you know, and just like do those kinds of d dismissive things. He won't look at him. You know, he won't look. I him definitely noticed that in another tag match, which we'll talk about later, but, but he's posing in front of Uramura and Uramura's just standing there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was that one. Well, either way, I, it was one of those two matches. Maybe he's done it before, for sure. It, it's awesome. All right. So tournament mode again, right after we see uh, the same old way of grandmaster promo. And of yeah. course the usual cleaning and commercials next match we have, is Kota Ibushi versus Taichi. And oh, I had a feeling, because I think they're setting up Taichi to be a bit of a threat here, and I guess with Kota Ibushi and Tanahashi with the tag titles, you don't really need them to go all the way to the end of this tournament. But uh, it's a good match. Of course, there's cheating galore because it's Taichi. You know, uh, Zack Sabre Jr.'s out as well and Tanner's out so of course Zack Sabre Jr. is going to help him cheat at every turn and then Tanahashi is going to try and stop Zack Sabre Jr. from doing his shenanigans <laughs> it's a good match and I'm pretty sure the pants come off early yeah, yeah. it's either either his pants either Taichi's pants come off early in this one or in a match coming up but what we have here is uh, tai Chi picking up Izka's claw. So he's had it since Izka retired, I think, early this year, or was it last year? I it can't was remember. last year. For it sure. was, because he held the claw for ages and very rarely used it. It's like, I'm going to use it. Ha ha, no, I'm not. I'm going to use it. No, I'm not. So he's only, <laughs> he's only used it a handful of times, but, uh, hey, you know. So, so he uses it. Go oh, ahead, Luke. I'm sorry. Sorry, I was just about to say, like, you think, like, Tai Chi has the skills, I think, to go one-on-one -on -one with these guys, but his character's a big douchebag, so of course he's going to cheat. He hits Ibushi with the claw, Black Mephisto, and he's done it. He's beaten both members of the Golden Ace. So a couple things about this. Um, one is uh, Iska is a uh, retired wrestler now. He was a part of Suzuki Goon, and he would come out, like, basically Desperado a lot of times would hold him by a chain, and he he was like a monster that was, like, you know, mindless, and he would just run around the crowd and scare people, and they thought it was so funny. It's like, you know, it, the Japanese audience is in on the joke always. They know what's up, and so they loved it. They thought it was so funny, and uh, and he would always attack people with this iron... It's It looks like a glove that's made of metal 
And so when he retired, he gave it to Tai Chi, like you said, and then Tai Chi's been holding on to it ever since. That's been almost a year ago. So again, like we said, long-term storytelling. Um, the other thing, too, is that Tai Chi is a Western-style heel. He's not like a Japanese heel. He's a Western-style heel, meaning his goal is to make sure that that good guy doesn't do anything cool. You know, you're going to try to do cool shit around me? Get out of here. I'm going to kick you in the balls. You know, that's kind of the Western style heel will not allow the, you know, anything you want the good guy to do. No, he's going to he's going to stop it. And so that is frustrating. You know, so <laughs> I understand why people don't like Tai Chi. He's doing his job very well. It, it is frustrating to watch his matches sometimes because you just want to see him go. You just want to say, well, what can you do? Because I've seen you do stuff. Why don't you do that? But it's. You know, his whole he's he's a monkey wrench. That's what he is. He is, you know, a human monkey wrench that gets thrown into the workings of the baby face. And so, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit later about the Western style of, you know, baby face heel dynamic versus the Japanese style of of typical like sport match. And we'll get into yeah. that a little later. And I'll tell you why I like one over the other and why I don't necessarily want one in my Japanese wrestling. I also think people find, because uh, I find it that way, even though I'm a, a bit of a Tai Chi fan, when he can go, or not when he can go, he can always go. But, you know, his character is to be a douchebag heel. It's not to always pull out, you know, classic matches and shit like that. That's his job, right? Yeah. But uh, I find his, oh, that smug grin on his face is insufferable. And when, <laughs> and when he beat both Hiroshi Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi, that fucking look on his face... <laughs> you just you just want to see him lose now. Like that's the thing. You got to build him up, and then now we got to chop him down. And that's yeah. that's good wrestling. Yeah, it is. And we got our fifth match for the night. It's uh, everyone's favorite Hiroki Goto Ooh. versus Evil. And I didn't notice it too much in this match, but there's a bit of a story brewing with Evil. I'm not sure if it started here or earlier or starts a little later but uh you know this is uh this is a really cool match uh as you say a lot goto has great matches when he's with great opponents well evil is a great opponent so this match is really good evil's just waiting for him by the way goto's music hits and evil isn't even in the ring he's just standing there waiting for him he's just like i'm just gonna fucking kill you and it's a it's a decent kind of back and forth, but everything is evil. The uh, that's the kind of uh, STO takedown that evil does. I think that's called everything is evil. So yeah, you're, right. yeah, you're very happy. Oh yeah, because uh, it wouldn't have been too much of a surprise to have Goto win. You know. Yeah, it's, it's it's feasible. I know you would have hated it, but it, it is feasible. But um, unfortunately for him and fortunately for you, he loses. So you're a very happy man. And because I have to do a podcast with you, I'm also <laughs> a very happy man. <laughs> I, uh, well... Uh, interesting thing. So, you know, we can't we don't know every word that evil says, but this was a main event. And there is a tradition in, in Japan or in New Japan Pro Wrestling that the person who wins the main event gets to cut a promo, basically. Yeah. And this is where evil kind of made a statement like, 
hey, my name's evil, so like I'm going to be evil and everything's evil. And that's kind of what he said. And I was just thinking the last time that he was in title contention, because um, he has been in title contention before mm-hmm. for the actual, you know, the heavyweight championship. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that was back when Okada had it. And Okada ran through the whole the whole roster pretty much. And so they would build guys up every month and, and then, you know, Okada would beat them. And that's been years. So evil, you know, to me, I read into that that evil's fucking had it. It's his time. He's grabbing the opportunity, and he doesn't care what he has to do to get that opportunity. It's fucking awesome. He's going to live up to his name. So, yeah, I'm, I even had a couple uh, – I'll get into I'll get into some of the things I said about evil and all that kind of stuff as, as we go along. But first, it's amazing to me, like, all right, we got night – Seven, and I'm surprised with the match that they start with. I didn't expect this to be the opener. In fact, uh, uh, looking at the card, uh, I thought the Okada match with Ishimori would be the main event because it's Okada, and then I thought, all right, maybe because Hiromu's the Super Junior Champion, maybe Hiromu versus Ishii will be the main event. Nope, Ishii versus Hiromu Takahashi is the opening match. For night seven, I fucking love this match. It's uh, slap city, suplexes, counters galore. Fucking, uh, there's a nasty lariat that Hiromu takes. And you can easily see a gif of it somewhere or just watch the match because it's absolutely incredible where you you just kind of wince because uh, Hiromu lands awkwardly on his head, neck area. And you're just like, ooh. You know, it, it it's it looked a little nasty, but he's all right. He's fine. This match, I loved it. Well, I hope you did too. Oh, of course. I mean, these are two of my favorite guys, and it's a match you would never. You know, they there's this cliche in wrestling, and they people say, "Oh, I never knew I wanted to see this match," and this is kind of one of those where you're like. I didn't think that could ever happen. So my mind would never even think of these two going. And it's just, you know, Ishii is so unselfish in this match. He's bumping all over the place. And Hiromu Takahashi, I'm watching this match and I'm thinking to myself, is there a better babyface wrestler right now? You know, I, I just look at him. I mean, you just said it. You felt sympathetic for him because he took a crazy bump, you know, and that's what happens. Your heart hurts because he's, taking a bump near his neck. You you want him to win in the same way that you want, uh, you know, Taichi to lose. And yeah. uh, it's just, he is one of the most sympathetic characters in pro wrestling right now. And I don't, I never saw him as that kind of character until recently where I'm starting to really understand that, you know, that LIJ is such a multifaceted group that you can have monster heels in the same group as the champion, the double champion, and one of the like, biggest baby faces in the company. It's it's just awesome wrestling, and um, some of the moves that uh, you know that that Hiromu did on Ishii in this match are unfeasible. Again, feats of strength and uh, viciousness that you kind of. You know, it's just it, it, it's an absolutely awesome match, and both guys should be dead after this match, but yeah, somehow I, not because of the magic of pro wrestling. I uh, I tweeted 
during this match saying uh, Hiromi's got to attack, uh, got to channel some of that uh, slap fight energy that he had against uh, Ryu Lee when they had their rematch. Uh, and uh, it turned out, yep, he's not going to back down from an Ishii chop fest. He's going to, he's going to match him or match him as best he can, which is really good. And going piggybacking on what you were saying, I think Hiromu is even more seen as a babyface, especially because like he broke his neck. And he was out for quite a long time, you know. So, in fact, it was maybe it was touch and go whether he'll ever wrestle again. That's um, that's kind of how bad it was. So, that's definitely got some fan sympathy, you know, good or good or bad. An injury usually does that, you know. You get injured, you come back, and everyone's gonna cheer for you because you came back from a, a fucking an in, a broken neck, broken freaking neck, right? It's it's amazing. Uh, look, I'm an Ishii guy, of course, so I'm going for him, but I'm definitely not disappointed by the ending, which is a time bomb, and Hiromu Takahashi has done it. He has gone into the next round, and he's beaten Tomohiro Ishii, and Tomohiro Ishii's three tournament matches were fantastic, but I think his best one is the one where he lost against yeah. Hiromu. Yeah, it's just great stuff. Well, and, and another thing, so that finishing move is called, it's the, the time bomb two. So it's like yeah. a driver version of the different, of the time bomb, which is this kind of like three stage, like driver type move. It, it, the time bomb is so cool looking. And the fact that he was able to get Ishii up for this, it's just, man, it, you know, Luke, do you think that this has toppled Minoru Suzuki versus Nagata, or is that still kind of the best match of the tournament? Uh, I think it might, or it might be just as good for me. It's, it's a shorter match, but uh, not by much. Well, uh, I guess I'm biased because it's Ishii and, you know, I, I love his matches. The Nagata Suzuki one was incredible, but yeah, no, it's it's close. I'd say I'd say they're about the same. Totally different matches, but I, I like them just as much. Don't make me pick. It's like picking my favorite. <laughs> you don't have to. You don't have uh, to. Oh yeah, I don't have to. Yay! All right. So the the problem with putting on a match like Ishii versus Hiromu Takahashi is how the fuck do you how do you talk? You got to follow that. Oh, it's easy though. It's, this is the yeah. greatest Yoshihashi match I've ever seen. That comes up. It's, it is my favorite Yoshihashi match ever. It turns out it is uh, you can follow it because uh, Yoshihashi he doesn't excite a lot of people. <laughs> but evil does. And evil, by uh, living up to his name, I think uh, makes everyone cheer their asses off this is a really short match because uh <laughs> i said at the time holy shit evil is doing a tanahashi on yoshihashi meaning he beats the shit out of yoshihashi before the match starts uh you know chairs to the legs all this kind of shit match starts scorpion deathlock evil wins <laughs> yeah it's two awful. minutes Two minutes, <laughs> and and you know it's 
unlike Tanahashi, because if that was Tanahashi, he would have come back and won the match somehow, you know, so, and he would have had both legs broken and his arms cut off and he still would have come back and won the match. You know, do, uh, Yoshihashi is yeah. not Tanahashi. I do want to say, for some reason, they needed to make Yoshihashi look a little strong here because he doesn't tap out, but he can't escape, so it's a ref stoppage. You know what I mean? Who cares? Uh, do we need, I don't know, I Yoshi could have just tapped out, but I guess he might be a little injured. I, I'm not 100% on that, so this might have been a way to shelve him for a bit, but you don't want to make him look two weeks piss, so, you know, he doesn't tap. He kind of passes out, whatever. Well, I, I think that this match was a story match. It wasn't about yeah. wrestling. It was just about putting evil over as this fucking evil dude and he you know he killed Yoshihashi so which you know makes me cheer but you know the idea is it's supposed to make you boo him um and and to let you know that he's serious he's not messing around like this is no joke to him and he's gonna as I said before take this opportunity you know in however he can yeah so you find out after he's won this match that it's evil versus uh Sonata for the next night and right away after the Yoshihashi match, you're thinking, Jesus, is he gonna? What's he gonna do against fucking Sonata? Yeah. And we'll get, to, we'll definitely get to that. In the meantime, we've got uh, Yuya Uramara, Sho, and Hiroki Goto versus Bushi, Shingo, and Naito. So you kind of know Uramura is getting pins at some point. You just gotta think which one of them is going to do it. So. This is the one where I definitely noticed uh, Naito being a douche to Yurimura <laughs> and posing awesome. in front of him. It was awesome. And this one is pretty much a show Shingo kind of preview, but uh, Bushi with a, some kind of spinning code breaker on Yurimura and Bushi picks up the win, which isn't uncommon. He'll, he, mostly picks up wins during these kinds of uh, multi-man tag matches. It's only when it's maybe a, a tag team match for a title or something or a singles match where he jobs out a little more. But there it is. It's not a bad match. You've got LIJ working together. But, you know, Urama is there. You know he's getting his ass kicked. And he does. Yeah, and Goto seemed to have it out for Naito a little bit in this match too. And I was like, no, stay away from Naito, Goto. <laughs> So. Yeah, I don't need that story. <laughs> now, they've had tremendous matches, and it would be awesome, but, eh, you know, uh, eh, I've had enough of that. Yeah. All right. So, the fourth match, like, they, they, I know they came out with a card uh, of the, you know, right at the start, so you know, already knew the match order, but I was su still surprised that Okada Nishimori was not the main event, because it's Okada, right? Anyway... Yeah, my wife loves Taichi Ichimori because he's, he's jacked, he's fast, his moves are really cool. So Taiji Ichimori's music hits. And my wife looks up for what she's doing. She's like, oh, Ishimori, cool. And I said, he's going to lose. Oh, why? And then Okada's music hits. And my wife's like, oh. So... <laughs> <laughs> so there you go <laughs> Luke what do you think about the size disparity of these guys in this match and did it look goofy as fuck to you it does 
Look, when you see Okada wrestling heavies, uh, he doesn't he doesn't look that big. I know that sounds a bit weird, but when you pair him up against juniors, like you kind of forget that Okada's actually like six foot four or five or something like some ungodly height like that, right? So he's very tall, got a lot more reach, and he'll bump for the juniors though. I'll give him that. Oh, so yeah. he he yeah. takes he takes um, Ishimori's sliding German suplex, which is a move I quite like. So he'll he'll take all their bumps and things, and it looks a little weird because it looks like a small guy's picking up a, a giant every time. <laughs> Look, and I'll say it's a good match as well. But oh, yeah. the problem is, and I have that sometimes with the Carter matches, I'll have it a lot with the Carter matches, is I never once thought Taiji Ishimori would win. I know some people might have thought, oh, Gator will come out for Gator's revenge. Of course he comes out, but, you know, he doesn't get his revenge. And we've got another Cobra Clutch finish. He's loving his Cobra Clutches in this tournament, Mr. Okada. And uh, he, he beats Ishimori. Look, as I said, it's a good match. It's a good 16 minutes. Um, it's not a squash. You know, I, I don't see many Okada squash matches because Okada is the the dude who will make you look like a million bucks even when you get your ass kicked. And I think that that's what happened here. But I always knew Ishimori was losing. I think you did too. Yeah, there's a couple things I just want to mention about this one. One is, you know, I was going to say something about Gato's revenge, too. And Gato did beat the shit out of Okada with, a, with like, this wrench, you know, and that's been one of his weapons of choice lately. But, you know, Okada's always going to overcome. And Okada matches a lot of their, – they're a Western-style match a lot of times. And what I mean is, is that it's mostly him selling, him getting beaten up, and then he comes back and he gets cut off. And then he comes back and he gets cut off and then he wins. You know, and I have to tell you, I am not a huge fan of that in Japanese wrestling. When I see Japanese wrestling, I want to see what this – you know, what – you know, I don't want to see a morality tale. You know, there's a, the difference between the typical Japanese match and the typical American match is that the American style will be this morality tale, good versus evil. And, uh, you know, and a lot of times the Japanese style is more of just a, a sporting contest about, you know, about manliness and about, you know, fighting spirit. That's what it's about. Who's better, you know? And so that's more what I want to see in Japanese wrestling, although they sprinkle this stuff in. It's not... You know, it's most of the matches are the fighting spirit type of style. And then every once in a while you get these kind of morality tales and stuff. And, you know, it's fine, I guess. But it tends to be Okada that's in these matches, you know. And I just, my favorite Okada matches are the ones where he's not a heel. He's not a face. He's an awesome wrestler facing another awesome wrestler. Those are the ones that I like. But yep. it is what it is. All right. So main event time, we got Sonata versus Tai Chi. Uh, well, I guess I kind of spoiled it earlier because I said it would be Sonata versus Evil. Mind you, look, Tai Chi has beaten both of the heavyweight tag champions. So I kind of felt like Tai Chi was going to lose because he's got a story. His story will be, Haha, you ain't shit, Golden Ace. You know, smug grin. I'm going to kick your asses like I already have. You guys ain't shit. 
which is pretty much Tai Chi in a nutshell there. But uh, I, I, so I sort of expected it. Still, really cool match. Yes. Of course, uh, Kanemaru comes out. Uh, tai Chi, Tai Chi's pants come off really early in this match. So, <laughs> so it's not like a previous Tai Chi match. I think it was against either Ibushi or Tanahashi, where his pants are on for most of the match. They come off, then you know, within five minutes, it's over. This time the pants come off early, and I liked that because, oh, so match can now end at any time. The pants are off. So <laughs> I know that sounds really dumb, but it built up the suspense. It's suspense, true. The yeah. Suspense for me. So it's really good. Good back and forth. You know, you can't have a Tai Chi match with too much good back and forth. So hence Katamaru coming out to be a douche. Uh, we do see a little too much of Tai Chi's butt at one point. Uh, or not enough, depending on what your opinion is on Tai Chi's butt. Uh, my opinion is it's fine. Don't need to see it again. But there it is for for anyone interested. That's definitely a reason to check this out. But uh, Sonata with what they say here is an O'Connor bridge, and he advances over Tai Chi. So now we know it's going to be Hiromu versus Okada. And Sonata versus Evil on night eight. It's exciting. I thought this match was awesome. Yep. Um, and the O'Connor roll bridge is that, you know, it's the, the Connor roll where they roll through and he gets a pin on him and then does a bridge out of it and kind of does it on his head. Uh, yeah. We used to see Zack Sabre Jr. That do that a lot. That used to be like his finish. Um, it's This match is great. Uh, tai Chi is. You know, this has a little bit of the morality tale, but it also has a lot of great athleticism and also some brawling on the outside. And I don't know if you noticed this, but Tai Chi must be sponsored by Fire Pro Wrestling because, in you know, in both of these matches that he's been in, he would take someone to the outside and beat the shit out of them with this particular guardrail that has a new uh, new Fire well, Fire Pro uh, <laughs> Wrestling like like placard on it, and he just keeps beating people up with that and like posing with it, and I'm like. Brother's getting some money off that. So, um, I was so happy to see Sonata uh, win too, because as you said, we've we've gotten the story from Tai Chi. We know where we're going with that. We don't need him in the tournament anymore. The story's now evil. What's evil going to do to Sonata? That's the more interesting story. So you know, it, it made a lot of sense for uh, for this to be the result, and I was very very happy. And this match is tremendous. You definitely should check it out. Definitely check that one out. And I know I say Ishii tends to be a tournament MVP, but uh, I would go so far as to say keep an eye out on Sonata because his tournaments, be they the G1 or the uh, New Japan Cup or whatever, he's uh, he's quite one to watch. His matches also tend to be on the longer side. So his matches run usually run a lot longer than most other people. So... If you like seeing Sonata work, then which I do, you definitely love him in tournaments. So that's always a good thing. So now we got eight night eight, and there's only two pre, uh, two tournament matches tonight. So we've got a couple of gigantic tag matches. The first one being Tanahashi, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kota Ibushi, Yuji Nagata, and Gabriel Kidd. I wonder who's getting pinned. Versus Suzuki, Zack Sabre Jr., Tai Chi, and El Desperado. Uh, 
So this match does a few things. It, uh, of course, it's teasing Dangerous Techers versus Golden Ace, the heavyweight tag team titles. But is it just me, Andy, or are they teasing us for another Suzuki Nagata go around? Yeah, those guys clearly have unfinished business somehow. They didn't slap each other enough in that one match. And, you know, <laughs> it makes sense with the character Suzuki, you know, like he lost. I don't think he even cares about that. I think he just he didn't get the violence enough violence. And he's like, you know, I, I think I could use a little more violence. Uh, let me beat the shit out of Nagata here and maybe he'll beat the shit out of me back and we can just hang out and kill each other. And that's kind of what, what's going on here, man. Um, Yuji Nagata. And, and I, I said this on Twitter, but I think it's so true. Like a baby face needs fire. That's what they always say. It needs fire. And what I mean is, is that they have to be able to get, you behind them into to show that they are coming back when they're getting a comeback they gotta fire up and you know and show that energy and man Yuji Nagata has more fire in him than you know half the babyface wrestlers in America he is just fantastic and he's fucking 52 it is just it's it's a sight to behold to see him firing up against one of these guys and I cannot wait to see this match again it's isn't good. it surreal American wrestling Two old guys, eight-minute botch fest. New Japan, Yuji Nagata versus Suzuki. Um, can I have that match again, please? Oh, it looks like we might get it. Uh, thank you, and yes, please. It's awesome. It's, yeah. it's, it's so different. And, you know, we're just – the idea is we're trying to relate these things to you, and I'm not trying to shit on American wrestling. I love American wrestling, but I'm trying to relate this to the folks that are listening so you understand what we mean you know so don't take this as some kind of negative shit on american wrestling it's just we're just comparing the two because that's you know that's how uh, folks are going to relate to this stuff if they're not familiar with it yeah so it's mostly so uh el desperado gets the pin on gabriel kid which what? is no surprise with uh pinche loco fucking crazy Yes, I remember. Awesome. And but uh, you know because the other three wrestlers or the other six wrestlers are too busy beating the shit out of each other. And, you know uh, ZSJ and Tai Chi want a piece of Kota Ibushi and Tanahashi. Yuji Nagata and Minoru Suzuki want their pound of flesh against each other, which leaves you know El Desperado to quite easily dispatch Gabriel Kidd. There's a bit of posing at the end of this match because uh, Tai Chi. And ZSJ want their title shot. And it looks like that's going to happen. There's been no concrete announcements yet. So they'll either announce that during the week for the for next week's show. Or they'll set that up for Dominion. Either or. Uh, I'm looking forward to that match. And hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, it wasn't just a hey, we hate each other, let's beat each other up. Hopefully it was a tease for another match for Yuji Nagata and Minari Suzuki as well because I love that match and I want to see it again. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And now uh, our second match is another tag match. This one's a six-man tag. Uh, we've got Sho, Ishii, uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Hiroki Goto versus Bushi, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito. But uh, 
Mr. Ishii and Sho, well, they're both concentrating on uh, Takagi by the looks of things. Uh, Sho especially. Ishii doesn't mind getting a piece of either Shingo or Naito. So, uh, you know, he's he's having a go there. Uh, but the story of this six-man tag is Sho wants Shingo. He wants that never title shot. And uh, Ishii's holding Shingo and Goto's holding back Naito, which is a... Uh, uh, that's something I like in Japanese-style tag matches, by the way. Uh, I find in American tags, whilst I still I still like them, I saw an incredible tag with the Young Bucks and Hangman and Omega this year. Like, they... they American tag team wrestling, I quite dig it. But uh, Japanese wrestling, or at least in New Japan, they do this, these little touches that I quite like. And it's when two wrestlers, in this case, Sho and Bushi, are beating each other up in the middle of the ring. Rather than let Shingo and Tetsuya Naito just uh, walk around or stay on the ring apron or break up any counts, you know, Ishii and Goto are holding back Shingo and Naito uh, from getting into the ring. And that's 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 something you don't really see too much of in American wrestling as opposed to Japanese wrestling. So it's also this thing how you know Ishii and Goto are making uh, Naito and Takagi watch as uh, Show puts on the shock arrow on Bushi. One, two, three, it's over. So Show gets the win, and of course uh, there's a big fucking stare down at the end of that match because. Oh, yeah. <laughs> show wants his shot. His show well, wants to be show two belts. Oh, certainly. Yeah, he had his belt. There was a little bit of a belt off there. And you're right. What you're describing about, you know, uh, the the winning team holding the losing team's uh, other members out of the ring so they can't break up the pin, that's fucking wrestling psychology, man. It's awesome, and I love it. Another really cool thing about these Japanese um, uh, multi-man tags is that in America, it would build, like, let's say you had, you know, I don't know, Rock and Austin and other guys, and they're on opposite teams. Well, the match would build to Rock and Austin getting in and fighting each other. That's your feud. That's what it builds to. But in Japanese style, uh, in New Japan, that's they'll start like that, you know, because... It, which makes a lot more sense in the story because these two guys want to fucking fight each other. So why would they wait? They want to yep. start off each other. And I love that so much. It's And usually there's like a little bit of a, you know, not an argument, but a little bit of discussion before the match. And you'll see one guy just kind of pat the other guys and say, no, 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 I want this guy. And it's it, get, it also gives the heel. And Jay White, for example, does this a lot. It gives them the opportunity to tag out. And be a chicken shit. It's yeah. great. Uh, great. I was just about to say the only faction that uh, doesn't always give you the two people in a story locking up right at the beginning <laughs> is Bullet Club because someone like Kenta or Switchblade would just roll out of the ring and tag themselves out like douchebags and get heat like that. So denying the New Japan faithful uh, that preview hookup <laughs> is a good way to get it. Eat. And I find Suzuki-gun does not do that that much. Maybe Tai Chi sometimes, but they're the kind of people that jump you at the start of a match, whereas uh, Bullet Club will just be... <laughs> yeah. Suzuki-gun 
tag match, multi-man tag match, it's more like an ECW tag match than it is yeah. anything. There's like, they're just like, it doesn't even start in the ring. It's just all fighting around the ring. And then eventually they make it to the, to the corners, you know, and, and they start tagging each other. But I will <laughs> tell you this tagging is very important in Japanese wrestling. Um, you know, a lot of times I've seen many, many, many tag matches where, uh, they just kind of forget, who is the legal person, but not in Japan and, and new nope. Japan. man, that's very serious. They don't fuck around with that. That's one way they don't bury the refs in new Japan. All right. So here we go. It's uh, disinfectant and commercial time. And it was about this time that I was thinking to myself, I'm really sick of that grandmaster video. Like I, they're good, but I'm, I'm ready to see a different version of that or see a little more of that rather than just the same way to the Grandmaster every time. Was that was that an American accent? Uh, no. Okay. All right. All right. Everybody <laughs> calm down. Everybody calm down. False alarm. False alarm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it happens. All right. We've got to talk about this, Andrew, because <laughs> we get the reveal of who the grand master is and it's kawato who was a young lion finishing up his young lioning around the time i started watching so i, I re vaguely remember kawato before he pissed off to um you know go on excursion and come back so it, it took me a little bit i know you said i figured it out on twitter but other people on twitter figured it out first and you know beat me to it but i told you first which makes me look good and i'll take it <laughs> <You> <laughs> that's right but we see the mask we see we see who he is his name is master wato and already with the name wato i said to you wait is it wato that annoying italian stereotype from fucking star wars the phantom menace it is but it's there's two t's in that wato oh big deal <laughs> But, you know, he comes out into the ring. He cuts a promo. Uh, I don't understand it, but it's you don't need to. He's, he's coming to the ring. He's probably saying, I'm here and I'm going to kick ass. Of course. What else would you say? He's in blue. His hair is blue. He's in this blue outfit. I actually like the blue. I like the blue look. I don't like quite. I'm not sure I like the name Master Wato because of that Phantom Menace connection. And also his debut, oh, yoy, because there's one guy. All right, when someone makes their debut and that guy debuting has to get beat up, you kind of want to see him get beat up by someone, I don't know, cool? Someone worth a shit, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately for Master Wado, Dalky comes out with his big stick. And beats the shit out of uh, Master Wato and leaves him laying. So, obviously, we're setting up Master Wato versus Dauki. Obviously, Dauki's losing because he always does. And <laughs> what I'm hoping for from this Master Wato match is for Master Wato to go, yeah, my name's Master Wato. Yeah, my, yeah you might be feeling this way about my gimmick, but look at me in the ring. I'm a fucking badass. So that's what I'm hoping for. It's I'm hoping it's not going to be a back and forth match. Uh, I want to see Wato 
squash Dalkey. Uh, and also, I want to see what he's got. So if they're looking to build him up first to give him a, uh, a tune-up job a match, I'm all right with that. I would have preferred someone like El Desperado or Kanemaru from Suzuki-gun coming out, but alas, that was not to be. So uh, it's cool that he's back from Excursion. I'm not sure if I love his gimmick or not. I do like the blue hair and stuff. How do you feel about it, Andrew? Well, it's a little goofy, you know, and uh, and that rhymes with Dookie, kind of. And um, I, you're right. Um, but here, I'm going to try to look on the bright side here because I have some ideas here. So we all know that if you're facing someone from Suzuki-Goon, you're not just facing one person, you know. Yeah. So there's a real good chance. You just mentioned, oh, I sure would like him to go up against these other guys. Well, there's a chance that he will. And what I mean is, is that either – in a way, he could run through uh, all the kind of lower card guys uh, in Suzuki Gun one at a time, or they're going to run in and try to beat him, and somehow he's going to overcome several people to beat Dookie. So, you oh, know, that's that, even better. That's kind of what I'm think. What I see here is something like that. Um, it, it does seem goofy. He's wearing you know, like a Japanese kimono, like a silk kimono, and it's a, it looks like a martial arts gimmick. Um, however, he did most of his excursion, I think, in, in CMLL in, in Mexico. So is he going to be doing Lucha stuff? I, I'm very curious about his wrestling style and what that's going to be like. I've seen lots of his matches, to be honest with you. I don't remember any of them because he was a young lion. And, you know, I I don't pay as much attention to those guys as I probably should. Um, but I, I'm excited there's a new person. I wonder, yeah. and I could be wrong. I wonder if this has been accelerated a little bit because of the depleted roster. Could be wrong. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out when he wrestles, but it could be something that they kind of pulled the trigger on. And they may have five guys like that that they can pull the trigger on at any time. It just seems like it's it's a little goofy. And so I'm ready to see where this is going to go. And if it is a comedy gimmick, that's cool. You know, I don't have a problem with that at all. I'm just interested to see what is this. We're, we're just getting another piece of the puzzle, and, and then we're going to get another one when they finally has a match. So I'm excited for it. It's just this was a weird setup. Yeah. I'm interested to see where it's going to go. Uh, yeah, I want to see what we – do, we don't really know what kind of character he is yet. So is he comedy? Is he going to be a high-flying kicker? Uh, we don't – we don't know. Because when they come back from being a young lion, their their move sets uh, and obviously their look are completely different and and all that stuff. So you know, it it is what it is. It wasn't the greatest intro, but it is good to see a new face in an era where it's going to be uh, very hard to do debuts and returns because of you know where we are in the world. And at least we got to see who he was. So that that's pretty cool. And then, you know, after he's beat down, they disinfect the ring because Dowkey was in it. <laughs> that's tremendous. <laughs> and then here we go. We have Evil versus Sonata 
Paul Milano collection. Is this his heaven and or hell? Who does he go for? Uh, it, who does he want to win? Is it like choosing between two of his children? Because it's well known that uh, Japanese commentator Milano Collection's favorite two wrestlers are Evil and Sonata. And we all knew it was going to be a good match. But what we didn't know is, is Evil going to be Evil? Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> This uh, this was set up so perfect, man, and this is why we end our show by saying in Gato we trust because, um, you know the fact that uh, Sonata overcame the evil uh, Tai Chi that kind of turned him face in a way, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, and and yeah. we've mentioned this many times how. It, they, the function of face and heel, unless it's one of these morality tale uh, uh, stories, is different in, in Japan, and people can kind of fluctuate. And this is what I'm talking about, where they turned Sonata face for this match. And by doing that, they made Tai Chi a stronger heel and Sonata a face. It's just good. It's really good. Good for I also, I also had no idea who, who was going to win. Uh, this one could have gone either way. Because you've got a story with Sonata. You've got the story of, well, Sonata no belts. And I think that's his story. Uh, it's not a losing streak story or anything like that. It's just that every other member of LIJ has titles. Two members have two titles. And Paul Sonata is left with zero gold. So if you think Gato has no plans to address that in the future, you're crazy. He does. But alas... It is too early to pull the trigger on that story, and you don't, you know, you got to leave, you got to leave some plates spinning. You can't uh, have them all stop. And you, it's a good back and forth, but evil doesn't want that. Evil wants to win, and evil will just, evil just throws Sonata once, twice into New Japan's chumpiest ref. He's knocked out, and then you're like, all right, what's, what's evil going to do now? And I didn't expect him to go low blow, bang, low blow on Sonata. The chairs come out. Evil does his usual like uh, uh, neck chair spot where he puts uh, a wrestler's head through one chair and then you know, grabs another chair and you know baseball, you know swings and hits the other chair off the other guy's face. I'm not sure how much it hurts or not, but I always think it looks kind of cool. Evil does. A few more. Evil does some cheating, 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 and then everything is evil. The STO takedown, and and uh, the ref one, two, three. Evil just cheated to beat his own teammate in hey. evil fashion. Like as soon as I saw it, I was like, "Whoa, what the hell are you doing, Evil?" And then I'm like, "Wait a minute." His name's Evil. Like, what? What do I expect? He's the do king expect, of darkness. Yeah. Yeah, he's the king of darkness. Like, uh, do I expect him to fight fair? Like, you know, you can't be too mad when Evil does evil things. It's all there in the name. <laughs> this was so much fun. It's a fantastic match filled with brutal looking spots i mean you know like you said the chair neck thing is amazing and when he hits that you know it, it has all the things that 
that you know a spot needs to look brutal. It has a guy selling, it, you know, well. It has a piece of chair go flying, and it has a loud noise. You know, that's all you need. You need those three items, and uh, and uh, man, those spots look incredible. He also just kind of. He had he had Sonata on his back and he just like spread his legs and just fucking stomped the shit out of his balls and yep. I mean these low blows were not your typical um, you know wrestling low blow where it's just kind of an arm bar and they just hold it there I mean he was just stomping the shit out of his balls. It's like when you get um, it's like when you're playing Mortal Kombat and you get the fatality, but instead of doing one fatality you've somehow managed to put a cheat in and allow and which allows your player to do like four different fatalities at once. Yes. Thrown into the ref, low blow, chair spot, stomp to nuts. Everything is evil. One, two, three. Like he didn't want Sonata just to be low blowed, roll up, kick out. No. He wanted Sonata down and fucking staying down. And he did not mind at all using anything or everything in his environment to do that. And great story. Uh, it's it's very much in keeping with Evil's character as well. And, you know, you, you're left thinking, okay, what's next for Sonata? But in Gato, I trust. I know they're going to have something for him to do. He's too good not to give him something cool to do. So uh, I, I'm looking forward to what Sonata Nobels has going on for the future. But Evil advances to the finals, and now we've got our main event of the night. It's a fantastic match, and I'm sorry, I still found it a little hard to get invested because it's Kazuchika Okada versus Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, I know everyone, including myself, was rooting for Hiromu to win because we all got denied the at the anniversary show because of COVID and all that kind of stuff, we all got denied our Hiromu Takahashi versus Tetsuya Naito match. So everyone was thinking, oh, but if Hiromu wins, we'll get that match and it'll be for the titles, you know. Uh, so everyone, every man and his dog, at least outside of Japan, I guess, was going for Hiromu. Uh, but, uh, you know, fantastic match still. Unfortunately, I wasn't as invested in this as I was for maybe Ishii versus Romy because Okada's going to Okada, you know? Yeah. I I mean, this match is fantastic. It's a it is. tremendous main event. Um, it, it, it'll hold up. It would be this if this was on Wrestle Kingdom, it'd be they'd still say the same thing. It's an amazing match. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about the uh, the Cobra Clutch. I I didn't get it until I saw this match. Um, the way Okada set up the Cobra Clutch in this match is the same way that he set up sets up the Rainmaker with that wrist control. And in, in the, the camera guys do such a great job zooming in on that wrist control when they know that the shit's going on. And so yep. he was able to, with wrist control, seamlessly move in and out of the Cobra Clutch and the Rainmaker to defeat Hiromu. And that is fucking cool. It was I incredible. Loved. It was. Um, you know, a lot of that has to do with Hiromu just being a badass wrestler and, and understanding how to sell all that stuff. But, man, that was so fucking cool. And here we are. Again, we just talked about how, you know, some of these guys have a fluid um, uh, alignment. And Okada is a lot like that, too. He's the heel in this match, certainly. Yeah. 
You know, he's the bad guy in this match. He's the one that we don't want to see win. And yet... Everyone wants that Hiromu Naito match. Everyone what? wants it. And we kind of want to see what evil might do to Hiromu. Right. So yes. we want to see evil and Hiromu, because I don't think that's a singles match we've seen before either. And then we want to see Hiromu versus Naito because we got denied. So there's two reasons you want, like, Hiromu Takahashi to beat Okada. But, uh, yeah, look, I say what I've said about Okada... I'd, I'm not shitting on him at all. It's just he wins a lot, so it can get a bit uh, tiring, exhausting. But, yeah, as you said, the transitions uh, between Rainmaker and Cobra Clutch are fantastic. And he doesn't even go for a pin with the Rainmaker, not once. Uh, it's like Rainmaker keeps, keeps wrist control, picks him back up, Cobra Clutch. I'm not sure if he... Uh, let it go again and hit another Rainmaker then back into the Cobra Clutch, but he he made he made it look like he had to kill Hiromu to beat him. And this isn't a short match, by the way. You think like, all right, it's the winningest of the winningest, Akata versus Hiromu. It's a junior versus a heavy. This is a 27-minute match. So, and Okada will bump for you. You know, he will make He'll bump for everyone. He's, he doesn't have to bump for Yoshihashi, I guess, because he's in chaos. But or, or, or Goto. But you know, he he will take the moves. He'll 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 do all that stuff too. So I don't. Even though he's such a winner, I do think he's very unselfish in the ring. He won't. He's not just about getting his own shit in. He always gives the other opponent a chance to to shine, uh, get some moves in, and make it look. Like a really good back and forth where you think, oh, Hiromi's going to do this or Okada's opponent's going to do this. So it is it is a good match. But, yeah, I always thought Okada was winning. And he does with um, Rainmakers slash Cobra Clutch for the win. So it was a referee stoppage. Uh, Hiromu didn't even tap out, which is even fucking cooler. Might have been because he was knocked out from Rainmakers and stuff. But how cool is that? It's not even a tap out finish. He had to pretty much... Uh, knock Hiromu unconscious and then put, uh, put him in the Cobra clutch in order to get the win. So really cool. I really, and uh, if this is a kind of new way, Akata's going to start winning matches from now on, because usually it takes how many Rainmakers for Akata, Akata to win a match, like right. a million. Depend, so, well, it depends on what show it is and where he is on the card. Yeah, exactly. If it's the main it, kingdom, it's like 14 of them, you know, so. But <laughs> if a Rainmaker like stuns you and then straight away with wrist control, there's the Cobra clutch. That's fucking devastating. And it was here. It's awesome. This, uh, just a couple more things about this real quick. And I apologize if you're hearing some fireworks, it's, uh, it's, uh, right before July. July. here. So the, uh, the drop kicks in this match, I mean, everyone knows that Okada's got this amazing drop kick and he uses it many, many ways. And, uh, Hiromu's mistake was to try to out drop kick Okada, you know, and, and so that's kind of where he fell is that he kept trying to do the drop kicks and stuff and do his own kind of drop kicks. Cause Hiromu does a bunch of drop kicks too, including one to the floor from the apron and every oh, fucking awesome shotgun drop kick. Yeah. It was so good. Insane. So, you know, that was a big part of this and the, you know, I've said it before, but it bears repeating Okada kicking out, 
they got me twice in this match. They got me so good where he kicked out at 2.99999 and and I thought Hiromu w- was going to win. You know, I was I mean, they got me a couple times. So I, I really got to give it to these guys for, you know, putting on one of the best matches of the tournament for sure. Yeah. So now we've got our finals. It's uh, Kazuchika Okada versus Evil. And I did tweet out that um, I'm not sure I wanted another Naito versus Okada match. I feel like we just had one. Uh, and I look, no disrespect, I know it would be a fantastic match. It always is. But when Okada's getting a title shot, I get scared. Yeah. And Naito, I'd like to see have a decent run with this because guys worked his ass off. It's like this, a lot of this stuff happened before I became a fan of New Japan, but they beat this story into you when uh, when you when you watch it, especially with the English commentary, that Naito beat Okada for the title before, and no one gave a shit about Naito, and he dropped the title back to Okada, and Naito had to completely reinvent himself because no one really gave a shit about him. And so he reinvented himself, you know, started LIJ and he didn't just reinvent himself to come back. He got the fans behind him big time to the point where I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, LIJ merch in Japan, at least uh, I think it's Bullet Club internationally, but at least in Japan, the LIJ merch is like the biggest seller. So they're huge now. So to have Naito beat Okada this year, beat uh, everyone, be double champ. So he's the first double champ, all this kind of stuff. I know some of his reign, the the days don't quite count because no one was wrestling. It was, it was you know, fucking COVID and shit like that. I still think it's too early to take the bloody belts off him. They can't. It, this has to. The story has to be that this is his definitive win over yeah. Okada. You know that because he always gets screwed. That's the. I mean, unless that's what we're going to keep doing is just screwing Naito for the rest of his career. You know because he always gets screwed. If you look through, I mean, what's, you know, the whole thing where he wasn't, there was a fan vote and he was uh, voted out of the main event of, of wrestle kingdom one year. And yeah. he's been pissed about that ever since. And so he always gets screwed. And that's kind of the story of his career, which scares the shit out of me, like you said, but I think the better story is him having a defining win over Okada again. And then Okada going and doing something else. And maybe even, maybe even this, um, Naito being like, eh, I don't really want this IC title. You can have it. Maybe that, you know, who knows? That would be <laughs> fucking great, right? <laughs> I think we're getting a bit ahead. I know Okada's got to fight Evil next week. We are. You're right. You're but right. I think Okada's winning that. And I hope you're right with the story there. Look, Okada with the the title is good for New Japan. Like, he's a good ambassador. He's always around, you know. His, his match quality is fucking perfection, you know. So I can understand why they always want to put some gold on the man because, well, he's fucking incredible, right? But if you're going to have Naito have a long reign as champ, 
this is the time. This is the title reign. This is it right here with the two belts. So I'm hoping, I don't know if there's going to be a G1 this year, but I want him to be champion through that um, and maybe all the way to Wrestle Kingdom itself. A nice year-long kind of reign for Naito, I think would be good. And, you know, I think the motherfucker deserves it. He, he, he Usually when you go on excursion and you come back, you're reinvented, you know, and, and that's your character for your stay in, in New Japan. But he, he wasn't happy with that. And he reinvented himself again, again into the Naito we have today. And yeah, I just want to see him with the belts for a while. So I'm not ready for another Akata title reign, please. Well, Luke, uh, we're supposed to preview the upcoming shows now. Um, and we know a couple of matches that are going to happen, but we don't know all of them because they basically, it looks like that the finals of the New Japan Cup are on uh, the 11th of, of uh, July. And then the next night, is that right? Is Dominion the very, ne- yes, yeah, the very next night, July 12th? Yeah. So that's I did not know that. So that's surprising to me. Um, but it, you know, I'm looking to see if there's any matches announced. And other than Naito versus the New Japan Cup winner, there is, there's that match that is announced. And then of course the um, you know the the finals the night before. Um, we don't really know what else is going to be on there. We can assume that we're going to see Dookie versus uh, versus uh, Kawato or Master Wado, um, Show versus Shingo, of course. We're going to see that heavyweight championship um, tag match. Um, we're not sure who is going to face Hiromu Takahashi. And and the way this kind of stuff typically works is that Hiromu will get a big win or a tag match, a tag win at the at this. You know, first uh, finals one on the 11th, and then someone will wander out and say, "Hey, kind of want that belt. Why don't you face me tomorrow?" It'll Could either you? happen like that, or it'll be a six-man tag, and shock horror, the junior on the other side pins Hiromu. Yeah. It could be something like that too, because even in tag matches, if you pin a champion, oh, well, you're going to get a shot. Yeah. So yeah. those tag matches can be important. So there might be some tag previews on the finals for the New Japan Cup because on that night they'll probably want to focus on the end of the New Japan Cup and not have title matches maybe uh, distract from that. So there might be it might be a bit more previewy on the 11th, which is fine because I guarantee you in those previews that they'll set up some matches. I'm hoping we'll get Nagata versus Suzuki again as well too, but there's going to be something. And also, yeah, so that's what, that's what I think. It might be a bit preview with the first night and then you'll have your big title matches on the second night. So I thought there was one, one show on next week. You've just cheered me up because, uh, now there's two shows. <laughs> yeah, the only problem is is that the times. Oh my god. So for me on a Saturday the 11th, it's at 4 a.m. That's um, and 6 p.m. for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. And, and and on Sunday it's at 2 a.m. And that's uh, that, 4 a.m. That's, 4 that is rough, me, yeah. man. That is rough. So um, 
you know, we'll see what we can do. At least Luke will be live tweeting that stuff. Life may get in the way of me watching those live, but either way, we'll have coverage up, you know, yeah. uh, as soon after it as we possibly can. And, uh, man, you know, I'm really enjoying doing this, by the way. This has been a lot of fun, and uh, it's like something to look forward to every week. And, uh, you know, I'm just so really happy excited. about this, you know. So um, now – we, uh, we last week we we did our match recommendations and um, what was your match recommendation, Luke? From last week? Yeah. You don't okay. remember? No. <laughs> well, it was Ishi versus um, John Moxley, ah, right? It was that one? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so you watched that? I guess I did. Again? Yeah, I watched it again. You know, um, and um, it is a fucking war. You know, and there is a spot in this match. I mean, all I want to talk about it briefly is like how crazy Ishii is in this match. He is insane Ishii. We've talked many times about the different gears that these wrestlers can be in these matches. And, you know, the best matches make it to that fifth gear. And and this one starts off in like the third gear and is in the fourth gear in the next like two in the first two minutes. And then they're in the fifth gear for like the whole match to the point where Ishii sets up a table, fucking puts John Moxley on it and jumps off the top turnbuckle to the floor through a table. Ishii. Ishii does that. Yeah. Incredible. Not a, not a high flyer. Most no, he, never. He might do an insecurity kick, and that's about as the extent of his usual high flying uh, moves. And, and maybe awesome. some suple- superplexes off the corner or something like that. But yeah, this was a match I knew it was going to be a brawl uh, and a war. What I didn't expect was for Ishii to pull out some fucking crazy shit that I'd never seen him do before or since. Right. And it was just really fantastic stuff. So it, it cemented for me that, oh, Dean Ambrose is dead. Long live John Moxley. Uh, that that G1 uh, really sold the Moxley character for me, I think. And it also helped that he had some fucking incredible matches and opponents in the tournament. The Ishii one for me being, I think, the highlight. And... Yeah. Uh, now, I do remember what you recommended, and I did fuck this up because I accidentally watched Kyle O'Reilly versus Kushida from 2016. And I'm thinking, there's no guys around the ring or anything like that. It's just the wrong match. Oh, it's kind of good, so I'm just going to watch the finish of it anyway. So I watched that match, and then I realized that uh, I watched the wrong match, and I'm like, oh, no. I have to watch another New Japan match? Oh, <laughs> God. That's so bad. I'm Poor so de- devastated. Uh, <laughs> so the the match that you did recommend was from the previous year, and it's the final of the Best of Super Juniors, Kushida versus Kyle O'Reilly. I'm going to sound like a really bad fan here because uh, these might be the first two matches of Kyle O'Reilly's I've really seen. Uh, so I guess that shows how much uh, American wrestling I watch, I guess. Because, <laughs> look, uh, so I I think he's fantastic. I guess it's no real surprise there. Uh, it was a, It's a fucking really good match. Kushida takes this one sick, sick move where he lands on his head. That was freaky. 
I don't know if he's had neck troubles before, but just seeing those and always just makes me go, ooh. And there's this one dude in the crowd they keep going back to during this Kushida-Kyle O'Reilly match who's going fucking nuts for Kushida. Absolutely nuts. I don't mean, like, Japanese nuts. I mean, like, Western style, like, fucking go, Kushida, go! <laughs> Kushida! Kushida! Spittle flying out of his mouth. And I'm like, holy shit, this guy wants Kushida to win, I think. <laughs> it's it, it's crazy. Is it is it, you know, is it like I said, where that's one of the biggest, like, match feels, like, ever. That match is insane. Like, the heat behind it is crazy. It is. It's a good match. Uh, you've got, uh, I think, people who were in the tournament surrounding the ring. Mm-hmm. They don't really come into play that much. Uh, maybe um, what's um, what's Kyle O'Reilly's bearded like partner's name? Bobby Everyone, Fish. Yeah. yeah. He's arguing with the ref. Is, yeah. is, is like, wait, you don't know who Bobby Fish is? Like, no, I've known the name. I, I don't watch NXT. Sorry, guys. Uh, I've got only so much time on my hands. And, well, well, you know, yeah. Luke, he's wrestled in New Japan quite a bit under the Red Dragon name. Like him yeah. and Kyle O'Reilly were a tag team. So I'm begging you to watch uh, New Japan. That's all I'm saying. That's right. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a great match, of course. Um, and uh, that one guy in the crowd gets uh, gets his set. Uh, look, everyone's going nuts for Kushida, but this one dude, he's in the front row. So, and they get cut to him a few times, like, I think he's on the verge of tears when uh, Kishida finally wins the match. So uh, I'm happy for I'm happy for Kishida and happy for that guy too. Uh, really good recommend. So I had a lot of fun with it. Uh, and whilst the match a year year later wasn't as good because it wasn't a final or anything like that, it's a shorter match as well. That's also good. So if you're like me and you get your years mixed up, 2015 and 2016. You can't lose. The first match from 2015 is better, but if you if you fuck it up like I do, you won't be uh, you won't be disappointed. You'll still be entertained. And uh, so yeah, you know they're they're the recommends from last week. Now I decided this week to I haven't watched it yet. By the way, uh, I'm going to watch it this week. Uh, but so, you know, so everyone can kind of watch it during the week and we'll, we'll either see it for the first time or see it again. I've never seen it yet, but I like Finn Balor. I like him a lot. I've not seen much of or any of his New Japan stuff as Prince Devitt. So I went to Wrestle Kingdom 8. This is even before you started watching, so I thought I might... You might have seen this already, but I thought I'd choose this one because there's a possibility you haven't, and it'll give you something fresh to watch either as well. But you might go, oh, yeah, I remember that. I went back and watched that already. So if you have, uh, fuck off. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but my match for, for the week will be Prince Devitt versus Kota Ibushi for the Super Junior title at Wrestle Kingdom 8. I've never seen the match before. I don't know who wins. I'm going to watch it during the week. And then uh, you and I can both uh, talk about uh, what we thought of it. So that's my choice. What about yourself? 
Well, just real quick advice for anyone watching that match. Wear a diaper because you're going to shit your pants, right? It's, uh, I, I've seen that one a couple times. It is fucking amazing, and I will be very happy to watch it again. Oh, my goodness. Um, my match recommendation is uh, Shibata versus Ishii from Wrestle Kingdom 10. Um, first of all, this match is never as fuck because it's for the never title. Um, and uh, Shibata is a wrestler you don't hear us mention much because, unfortunately, he suffered an injury due to his insane wrestling style and has not really ever been cleared to come back and may never be cleared to come back. Um he uh, is developing that style in this match and kind of putting it on display. This match is in gear five from the opening bell and is in gear five till the very end. It is one of the most brutal matches that you can see in New Japan. And something I love about a match like this is that, you know, again, just to compare something to American matches, a lot of times in American matches to be really, truly brutal You need weapons and you need blood. Um, This is one of the most brutal, straight-up wrestling matches you will ever see in your life. These guys fucking kill each other. And it's Shibata's first single title win in New Japan as well. So it's very, very meaningful. And the crowd is just insane for it. And, And there's one other thing I just want to tell is that it is full of what I call mirror spots where you know, you might call it what I can do, you can do, or whatever you can do, I can do better, is is that, you know, they they have these sequences of, of moves, and then they do those sequences to each other in their own translated form. Watch the match, you'll see what I say, or what I'm saying about this. It's a complicated match when it comes to the amount of the, the types of, of sequences they do. It's extremely complicated, and uh, it is a thinking man's match, but it's also very, very brutal. Um, tremendous stuff. I'm looking forward to hearing you talk all about that, Luke. Yep. Uh, oh, no. I have to watch an Ishii match. <laughs> <laughs> For homework. That's so, that's so tough. So, yeah, there's a good couple of matches there, and... I'm I'm looking forward to watching them both. So I decided, look, I watched a I watched a couple of different matches, and I just was like, oh, I'm not sure. Like I did watch a Shibata versus Nakamura IC title match, but it wasn't a match that had quite had that big feel. It was still really good. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I figured if I'm going to recommend something for people to do it a bit of a deep dive on, you might want to. Uh, you know, a really big match. So I felt uh, Wrestle Kingdom was uh, was a place to start for me. I'm, I'm going to get better at these picks as we go along. Dude, you're doing great. What are you talking about? I'm going to find one eventually that you've never seen. Oh, I can't wait for real. Eventually, that's my that that's my that's my goal. Uh, I had a feeling, even though that this was before you really started watching. Of course, if you're going to go backwards, you're probably going to check out a match between <laughs> Prince Devitt and Odobushi. It's one of those matches. It really is. It's one of those ones that, like, is a defining moment for both of those wrestlers. And, uh, you know, just watch it. You know, obviously, people listen and just watch it. You'll, It's just fucking fantastic, and you'll love it, too. All right. So I guess that's about ties everything up. And whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Wait whoa, a second, what, Luke. I what? have something else I need to say here. Got we have forgotten myself. three yes. episodes in a row – and we aren't going to forget this time. And that is that 
you review movies on YouTube, and it's called LSJ LSJ Reviews or LSJ Late Reviews. Tell people about that. We haven't plugged that once, and it's such a fucking cool thing, man. Uh, you know, your last uh, review of GoldenEye was just fantastic, and I think folks would really love it. All right. So, yep, uh, at least once or twice a week, I'll do a movie review on YouTube. So it was going to be more recent releases with a late review mixed in, but because of COVID and all that kind of stuff, it's just a lot easier to watch old shit than it is new shit. And most of the new stuff I'm watching is from Netflix and I'm not always impressed by Netflix movies that often. So there's a bit of that, but I've been sticking with late reviews recently. My wife had never seen James Bond movies. So as of now, I think we've watched a good seven or eight of them. So she's seen every James Bond actor at least once. And GoldenEye was my most recent Bond review. I remember loving that movie because it was the first one I saw at the cinema. I know this is totally not New Japan, but if I can, uh, I can plug it at least once. But yeah, so I remember loving it. If you want to see how I feel about that now, uh, I think I've got more fond memories playing the game. I also say, and this might be sacrilege, but if you play that game now, and if you've been playing games steadily in the last 20 years, the control scheme of that game makes it unplayable as fuck. It's so archaic. But yes, uh, I've been sticking to late reviews. There's probably another Bond on the way, and I think this weekend I might have one up for The Five Bloods, which I know is a Netflix movie, but uh, I like I like me some Spike Lee joints, so this was a no-brainer for me to review. And there it is. So if you go on YouTube, LSJ Reviews, there you go. It's there. I've got 70-odd reviews up there. Yeah. All different kinds of genres. So I do comedies, I do kids' movies, I do shitty B-grade flicks, I do old noir classics, I do new movies as well. Uh, pretty much anything and everything, really, uh, except rom-coms because they're all shit. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> Thank you for that. So, yeah, uh, I... Wasn't sure to plug it or not because it's not at all related to wrestling, even though uh, I've done a wrestling-related movie on that that you and I did a podcast for. It was called Powerbomb. I guess you can look that out, look that up. If you want a short review, there's mine. If you want us to, if you want to hear what we say on it for about an hour, I guess you can find that online here and there as well. That's at the Road Home from Wrestling podcast. So it's called Powerbomb. So, you know, there you go. A bit of cross-promotion for everybody. <laughs> and you get a promotion. Promo, <laughs> promotion. And you get a – wow, that did not work at all. <laughs> no, no. That didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if we can't trust you to make a good joke, there's one guy we can't trust, though. Oh, Ingato. We trust. Never as fuck. <laughs>